That brings us to chapter 14. This is now the third commandment. Chapter 14, verses 1 through 21, are unpacking the third commandment, which is, you shall not take the name of God in vain, or violate the character of God. And so all these laws are dealing with the character of God. So the first thing he does in chapter 14 is he talks about the way that they're supposed to dress. He says things like, don't shave your heads and make yourself bald intentionally for the sake of the dead. You're not allowed to wear, um, verse, chapter 14, verse 1, you are the children of Yahweh your God. Do not cut yourselves or shave your forehead bald for the sake of Yahweh, um, sake of the dead. For you are the people of holy to Yahweh God. He has chosen you to be his people prized above all the others. You're like, wait a minute. I thought you shouldn't take the Lord's name in vain means you shouldn't use it in cuss words or swearing. He's talking about the way that you dress and the way that you cut your hair. What does it have to do with it? This is the way that the pagans dressed. Okay, we know that certain styles, not all styles, but certain styles communicate a culture. So somebody is dressing in all black with piercings and playing their nails black. They're from the community of Goth. And Goth is usually an obsession with depression and death and anti-authority and kind of doing their own thing. And typically they're getting involved in some kind of witchcraft as well. And we know that if you're dressing that way, you're either dressing up for some costume party or you're a part of a culture that is not biblical. Because who would want to dress up that way if they don't want to be a part of that culture? And we know that tattoos at one time used to represent something. They don't represent anything now. I mean, we're actually entering in a day age where, like, if you got a tattoo, it said something about who you are and where you come from. Now, you're, in, you're unique. You stand out. And it represents a culture. Now, if you don't have a tattoo, you're unique and you stand out. Okay? So it's shifting. But at one time, tattoos, if you saw tattoos, it meant you're part of a biker gang or you're from prison or something. And so, yes, there was a warning to Sunday school kids. Yeah, don't go get tattoos. Now that lesson doesn't necessarily preach the same way, nor should it, because it doesn't really mean that anymore. Okay? I mean, I wasn't around this, but from what I heard, like, didn't flannel back in the 70s mean something? <laughs> Growing your hair out long? The way the hippies, you know why the hippies dressed the way they did it? Outlandish, bizarre collars, all that kind of stuff? Because they came out of the 1950s and, and stuff, and everybody had a certain leave it to beaver kind of a dress. Everything was tucked in, and I, not that there's anything wrong with it, that that was just a style. So they intentionally went wild and untucked and all this kind of stuff in order to shock their parents in order to intentionally make a message, I'm not you, and I'm not going to adopt your authority, your sense of values, I'm going to do my own thing. Therefore, dressing like a hippie communicated something that was not biblical. And so what God is saying is that these, this is the way that the pagans do. They shave their heads and do these certain things in order to say, I'm connected to these pagan gods. And you are not to take the Lord's name in vain. You're not allowed to do something that misrepresents God's character and makes God's character look empty. And when you say, I am a believer, I am an Israelite, chosen and adopted by God, and I represent Him, but everything that you look like says that you represent a different God, then you're making God look empty. 
You're making God look vain. And this speaks a lot. This is a better way to teach your students in Sunday school classes than just, it's wrong, it's evil, don't do that. Because that's what I heard growing up. But the reality is, is this. What he's saying is this, so camp. We had this kid who had a lot of piercings. He was a counselor at camp. And he dressed in a gothic kind of a way, but he had a really good heart, and he really did love God and all this kind of stuff. He just liked that style. And we told him, you can't dress like that as a counselor over these kids. We know your heart. We know you're a good person. We know you're not dressing this way because you're identifying yourself with that culture. But you are a leader in this camp, and parents are coming on Sunday morning, dropping their kids off in this camp, hoping that this camp will protect their kids and teach their kids about God, and they've got 30 minutes to make an evaluation about this camp, and then they're going to walk away for an entire week. You don't have time to share your heart and how you're different than everybody else. And how you're not doing this style because you're not a part of that. It's just you like this style. All you have is that. This is not a wrong way to dress. You're not a bad person. Because Paul made it very clear that one way is not greater than the other. And the weak Christian thinks that eating meat sacrificed to idols, that's weakness. That's just meat. It doesn't matter what it was sacrificed to. The sacrifice doesn't change the meat. The dress doesn't change the way who you are. But... If the weaker Christian comes in and all they know is that that dress represents that culture and they don't want their kid to be in that culture, that's why they brought them to this camp and they don't have time nor the emotional fortitude to understand how you're different, then we've just lost that camper. And this is what's so cool. Because he was such a godly man and had such a great heart, he said, I really like dressing this way. I don't really want to give it up. But I understand your point, and I'm here to serve other people, so I will. And if he didn't, we would have sent him away. And we were telling him, we're not saying you're wrong, and we're not saying they're right. We're just saying that that communicates something in our culture, and we don't want to communicate that. And that's what you look at. And this is the thing. This is, this is what you're supposed to say, like, I don't care if you don't think that that skirt is too short or that's showing too much skin. That communicates something in our culture. And that communicates a message that you're available. It communicates a message that you need that in order to get boys' attention. And it communicates to people that you're tempting them. And so if you're truly representing the image of God, then you will dress in a certain way, even though the Bible doesn't say how long a skirt must be. <laughs> In order to be a godly person, it does say when you look at other people's reactions to you, that determines the length of your skirt. Because you don't want to bear, take the Lord's name in vain. You don't want to present Yahweh as something that he is not. And so it's interesting, if that's what God speaks about the way you dress, then how much more is he speaking about the way that you act? And this is why do not take the Lord's name in vain is way more than just saying God or Jesus in this swear word. It's way more than that. Because this is what God is unpacking. And so he goes in and he starts talking about eating clean and unclean animals. And we talked about that in Leviticus. And so what he's making it very clear, like, wait a minute. You mean whether I eat clean or unclean animals is taking the Lord's name in 
pain? Yes, because it's the eating the clean and unclean is reminding you that you are to be separate. Remember we talked about that. The unclean animals are animals that are not normal. They don't fit the category of normal. They're not functioning like all the other animals in that category, so they're different. So you're supposed to be normal. You're supposed to be a normal human in the way that God designed you to be. So when you eat the animals that function the way that they're supposed to in that category, walking on all four legs, eating grass, that kind of stuff, not eating dead animals, then you're, sh- you're reminding yourself, I need to be normal. I need to be normal. But the other thing is when you eat the animals that are abnormal, then you're saying that you don't care. But here's the other thing. The Gentile, the nations, they don't care about clean and unclean animals like you do. Eating like this will also keep you from eating meals with them so that you're not influenced. Now, here's the thing. It's okay for you to eat a meal with a non-believer today because you have the Holy Spirit in you and leading you and talking to you, but they didn't have that, so they had to remain distinct. But even though you have the Holy Spirit in you, you're also told to be very aware of your weaknesses and how certain groups are not good for you that might be okay for one person but not for another. And you need to constantly gather together with other people who have the Holy Spirit to constantly recharge yourself and refuel yourself. And so it's making you aware that you should be separateness because we know that meals, even to this day in our busy American culture where we'll eat a meal with anybody, there's still something very primal and communal and spirit-oriented about eating meals with people. And there's, some, there's a connectivity that happens among a meal that happens deeper somehow than around anything else. And I can't explain, it just is. And by the way that they eat, there'll be a reminder of who they're supposed to be hanging out with and who they're not. And so what does it mean to take the names, Lord of the name God in vain? It means constantly hanging out with the wrong people all the time. And so God says, if you, because if you're constantly hanging out with them, then you're communicating to everybody else, I'm with them. And you're no longer looking like Yahweh. And everybody thinks, well, that's what Yahweh must be. Yahweh is those people over there. Because look, that person is a Christian is hanging out with them all the time. And then eventually, if you hang out with them enough, you'll begin to act like them. And so it says, make sure you know who you're hanging out with. Now, granted, we have a new mission to be in the world and not of the world. And you're called to go to the non-believers. And you can't lead non-believers to Christ if you're not their friend. But there's a difference between being a friend and being in a covenant-like friendship with them. There's a difference between being their friend and hanging out with them and talking with them, or, and then constantly being with them all the time and seeking their advice and, and letting them influence you. That's more of a covenant. A covenant friendship is when you seek their advice on life and when they, you need and you want to be with them all the time. A friend is just somebody that you're friends with and you like doing things with and talking with them, but they're not the people that you need to get through life and they're not the people that you're seeking advice from all the time. And so there's a difference between a friend in our culture and a covenant friend. And you're not allowed to make covenants with other people. And so then he goes through the ways that they're supposed to offer up their sacrifices because he makes it clear that they're supposed to offer their sacrifices in a way that reflects the image of God. 